Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everything in between, welcome back to the Kevin Clifton Show. Welcome back to the podcast for all of you that have been listening so far. If you're a new listener, welcome. Um, it's a podcast where we uh, talk about sort of performance and uh, or we talk to different performers about their process, their creativity, about their careers, or about um, their anxieties and struggles. And uh, sometimes I'm talking to guests and, and sometimes it's just me talking about my own experiences. And um, yeah, like at the moment, I've, I've been struggling to get the podcast out quick enough at the moment just because uh, this little show that I do called Strictly Come Dancing seems to be taking up quite a lot of time as it always does. Because um, I'm constantly, I seem to be constantly rehearsing for group numbers at the moment. Because once you've been eliminated, it's like you're considered for all of the group numbers. Um, some and, and they start coming thick and fast towards the end of the series, uh, ones that haven't been created yet. So I'm involved in quite a lot of group numbers at the moment, um, and also I'm taking part in the Christmas special this year. So today I've been training with Debbie McGee, who's my partner for the Christmas special. We did about four hours this morning. Uh, that went really well. Debbie's an absolute dream to teach. Um, really, really lovely and um and a great dancer and very well trained by um Giovanni Paniche from who she danced with in 2017 as well so i'm i'm just uh, i'm loving dancing with Debbie at the moment actually um but we did that and then we went to do a um re- record a bit of a vt um a, a christmas vt where we visited um a charity uh, which was a lot of fun actually we we made this surprise sort of strictly christmas party for them and that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so quite a busy day. A wicked day, but a busy day. Um, and I've just got home. It's about nine o'clock. Um, and uh, part, of this part of me wants to uh, go to bed and chill out and watch a movie because I've got to be in Elstree Studios tomorrow. Um, yeah, because we've got, you know, strictly rehearsals and stuff. A really long day tomorrow. But I also really want to do this podcast and I really want to get some more stuff out to you and and, uh, talk about things that you've been asking me to talk about and by the way keep doing that Um, I love it when I I get responses about people saying I'd love to hear about this or I'd love to hear about that Um, that, that's really wicked it it gives me lots of ideas for for what to talk about Um, so this week's podcast the main themes of what I'm talking about in this one um, are centred around adapting to whatever situation is in front of you and kind of going with the flow and letting go of the end result that you think is supposed to happen in your head. Like not getting carried away with what's supposed to happen or what should happen and just adapting and giving your best to what is happening. And I mean that in terms of performing, but also in terms of just general life. And what sparked this for me um, was, so last year, 2018, I went on a bit of a, um, I went through a bit of a phase of um, a couple of months where it was towards the beginning of the year and I had a little bit of time and I thought I'm going to use this time to learn as much as I can. Like I, I, I want to experience new things um, and, and just, so I'm going to take loads of singing lessons, I'm going to take loads of acting lessons and I'm going to um, just also just do lessons in random things that you know, I'm not used to taking lessons in, um, just to see what I can learn or to see if I enjoy uh, and enjoy doing other things. 
and uh, yeah, I did a gymnastics lesson, I, I did a Shakespeare acting lesson, um, all sorts of stuff I was doing. But one of the lessons that I did was a, a puppetry lesson. And I, I don't mean puppetry in the sense of like um, Punch and Judy or, or Sooty and Sweep. <laughs> I mean, um, the type of thing that is involved with, um, if you know the show War Horse, so it's like they, they create these these massive um, puppets that take more than one people to uh, more than one person to sort of operate. And what they do, these people that are really skilled in puppetry, is, is they learn how to sort of interact with this thing that they've made, this thing that they've built and um, and make it look as lifelike as possible. So anyone that's seen War Horse will have seen the, the, the main sort of massive horse and what and what they do with that and and about 10 minutes in when when you're watching this horse you forget that it's even people operating it you just start to see it as a real horse because it, it's so lifelike but it takes quite a few people to operate this massive thing so i've gone into this class not really knowing what to expect i just think i just want to learn something and um there's some things happening there that have stayed with me for for quite a long time and that I, I've, I've thought about quite a lot ever since actually um, what we were doing when we were in there, one of the things that we had to do is we had to create our own puppet. Um, and all we had was like some bits of paper and some sellotape and some, you know, sort of uh, tissue roll and, and, and stuff like that. And we just had to basically sellotape this thing together into a basic sort of um, figure of, you know, a, a man. Um, and it was about uh, about the height of like my waist or up to my chest, that sort of size. And he had some legs and arms and a, and a head and, uh, you know, a little bit of a body. So as a team, we made this puppet. Uh, it didn't look anything, you know, anything realistic, but it was just bits and bobs to make sort of the figure of a man. And we were given this exercise to, it, it was a very simple task. It wasn't like a, a sort of a complicated scene. All we, all we had to do was we had to assign like one person to operate this arm, another one to an, an operate another arm, and then someone was on legs, and then someone was on sort of the head, which was, you know, as, as you grab hold of the head and we're moving up and down, it looked like he was breathing and, and sort of controlling the motion of his, his breath. And we had to make him look as lifelike as possible. The, the task was, I think it was, he was sat down on a chair. So we had the man sat down on a chair and he, he, we had to, he had to stand up, walk a couple of paces, realise that he didn't know where his phone was, then check his pocket to, to see if it was in there, realise that he had his phone in there and then carry on walking. Now, in my head, that seemed a really simple task before we did it. I thought I could visualise it. I could, yeah, ex I know exactly how this works. He's going to get up from the, from the chair, start moving freeze, look around with his head, he's going to move the arm down to the pocket, see that, have a little look, blah, 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 A, B, C, done. So it seemed like a quite a simple task. But then what happened was when we actually did it, um, it was far more difficult than, than it seemed um, to make it look lifelike because th there's quite a few of us in the team all operating different parts of him. And suddenly, you know, I can't remember what I was operating. It might have been like a... Um, a leg or something but if I move that leg before someone else had sort of moved his head slightly to make him look like he'd taken a breath or moved shifted his body weight slightly or moved his arm away from from somewhere then if that would have been translated into an actual human that would have looked like his leg was just jutting out in front of him and it wouldn't have looked realistic 
So the point of the exercise was to get us sort of completely in tune with what everyone else was doing in the team. And we had to be so aware of all our other team members. And so not just produce this result of this puppet walking, where's my phone, here's my phone, but also we, we just had to adapt to what they were doing. So if there was any change in, in, in what they were doing, any like little movement, then we had to go with that flow. We, we had to adapt to, to whatever was happening with the puppet and make it as lifelike as possible. So suddenly it went from being, oh yeah, we can do this, off he goes, walk, 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 phone, blah, blah, blah. It went from that to suddenly we're this team that is completely in flow with each other and completely sort of, um, we're really watching each other and, and, and looking for, for what was happening and whatever happened, we were adapting to each other and started to move this puppet as one. And it was a really amazing thing. And it made me think at, um, at the time, and I've thought about it a lot since, about sort of how, how we can apply that to, a lot, to lots of other stuff. And it's mainly about, um, about letting go of what the, what the end result that I have in my head is supposed to be, and then having, having to adapt to what is actually going on. So I've just recently been on another podcast, um, Simon Mundy's Don't Tell Me The Score podcast. You should definitely check that out. And we were talking about this exact thing quite a lot. We, we, we were talking about, about letting go of, of end results and, and just dedicating yourself to the job in hand. So how do I apply this to what I'm talking about in, in, terms, of, uh, in, in terms of Strictly Come Dancing? I, I, I told this story on, on Simon Mundy's podcast. When I was on Strictly for my, my first few years, for any of you that watch the show, you'll know that... Um, that I made the final for the first four years in a row. And for most of those, for most of that time, when, when, when I was on, on the show when, and getting to the final, it started to get quite stressful, especially towards the end, uh, towards the end of the series, because the pressure was mounting, because in my head, I'm starting to think, you know, w w I've got to win this. You know, can we make the final? We've got to make sure we make the final. And then when, once we're in the final, we've got to try and win. Because when you're early on in the competition, you're not thinking about that stuff in, in, in Strictly Come Dancing. Like in, when it's week three, all you're thinking about is how good can we make this number that we're, that we're dancing? Like, like you're just putting all your energy into the dance itself. How, how, can, how can me and my dance partner do the best job that we can do this Saturday? When you get into around sort of the stage that we're actually at right now in Strictly, the sort of post-Blackpool um, season, um, it can start to get very stressful because you can smell the final. Like you, you can, it's, it's in sight and, and it's like you, you're one of the last few couples. So you're thinking, I could be in this final I, or I could win Strictly. So you start focusing, as, as much as you tell yourself that you won't, you start focusing a little less on... The dance itself and you and you start to focus on the end result of what you're trying to achieve i've got to make sure that everyone stands up i've got to make sure that i get tens for this dance i've got to make sure that i get everyone votes for me so that i get into the final so that i make sure that that i win this competition and it gets very very stressful and also it, it you're less focused a lot less focused than you want to be on on the work itself and it's very difficult to keep that focus um, without thinking about the end result. Now, the one time uh, in those first four years when 
to be honest, I wasn't really thinking in that kind of way. It was uh, 2015 when, when I was dancing with Kelly Bright. Because with Kelly, I, th- I think that that was the year that Jay McGuinness won. And um, I think there was a general feeling amongst us that Jay McGuinness kind of had strictly wrapped up in week three. He, did, he came out and did this amazing jive in week three on movie week. Um, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely go onto YouTube and watch um, Jay McGuinness and Aliona Villani and their Pulp Fiction jive they did on week three in 2015. Um, it was a cracking jive and, and the audience just kind of went mental and everyone loved him from from then. And there was kind of this sense for the rest of us that it almost didn't matter what we did getting into the final because Jay McGuinness was going to win uh, because he everyone just loved him and, and what he was doing. Um, so I didn't have that feeling with, with Kelly Bright, like we've got to win, we've got to win, we've got to win. We literally just went and focused on our work and went into the final purely to enjoy ourselves. And, and we felt lucky that we'd got that far into the final. So we went in thinking, Let, let's just have, you know, we're not going to win. Let's just have the best time. And the interesting thing about that was it was the only time that I've, out of all the finals that I've been in that have finished top of the leaderboard in the final because Kelly absolutely smashed it. And, and, and we felt we didn't win. Jay McGuinness won as, as we expected. But we were top of the leaderboard that night in the final. Um, the only time when I wasn't really trying to be. I was just focusing on let's just do the best job that we can do and not put any pressure on being top of the leaderboard or winning. Now, the time after that was last year's Strictly when, uh, when I was dancing with Stacey. And we, we had that same sort of feeling like when I was dancing with Kelly. We felt that we were, we were very fortunate to be in the final because we, we weren't expecting to be in the final from, from early on in the competition. And, you know, Stacey had just said to me during the week, like, I just want to enjoy it because, you know, uh, two of the other girls that are in the final, Faye and Ashley, they're a lot better than me. And we had a feeling that probably, you know, either Faye or Ashley was just going to be that good and win or Joe Sugg was going to win because um, he he was amazing and, and, and just so likeable. Um, and, and him and Diane had been doing amazing numbers. Um, and, you know, we knew that there'd be a lot of people voting for Joe Sugg. So we didn't really go into that final with any sort of thought about about we've got to win, we've got to win, we've got to win. We kind of let go of it. We just thought, you know, if there's a chance, it's a 1% chance. So let's just do our absolute best, but let's let go of the need to win. And I think that's it. It's, it's, not, about, um, it's not about not wanting to win. It's just letting go of the need to have that end result and actually just focus on let's do the most amazing job that we can do, which we went and did. And then... Like I said on on the Don't Tell Me the Score podcast, I told this story about how I was stood there with Stacey waiting for the results. Out of the five times that I've been in the Strictly final, it was the absolute calmest that that I've that I've ever been in that situation because there was no sort of need to win it, and we didn't think we were going to. So I was, I was stood there really calm. I, I wasn't stressed out like I normally am because I I can get very stressed. Um, and if you've been listening to this podcast, especially like episode one, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, stress and anxiety is, is a real issue for me. But last year in the final, I really wasn't. And then they called out the winners are Stacey and Kevin. So it's, it's very interesting to me that 
wants to kind of just let go of the of uh, of the end result that's in my head like oh i'm gonna win strictly this time or i'm gonna get a 10 or you know whatever the thing is the two times that i've been able to let go of that are the two times that it's gone the best in the final because kelly bright was top of the leaderboard and stacy won so, so just to go back to the the puppet that that was controlling with with the team in that puppetry class when it went really well was when we all let go of the end result that was in our head that he was going to look so realistic and we just tuned in on each other and adapting to each other uh, and going with the flow of, of what was happening right in front of us rather than it needs to look like this. So another story that I told on Simon Mundy's Don't Tell Me The Score is um, about the, like the one time that I kind of feel that I let that slip last year was when we had the Blackpool episode. I started to feel that pressure a little bit. When, we, when me and Stacey made Blackpool, I started to feel like, right, we're doing well here. Like, it's, it's going really well. And that was the first time in the competition where I started to think, well, can we actually win? Could we be the winners of Strictly? And we went to Blackpool to do a... We went there with a salsa. And I thought it was a great, great routine. And we, we were using the extra dancers in a, in a really great way. She was opening the show coming down from the ceiling on this giant stick of rock she looked amazing um and she was dancing great and I, and I just thought this is going to be epic and it was the first time that rather than just thinking let's work as hard as we can on this and be the best that we can be I had an idea of the result in my head and I started thinking we we could get tens for this we're going to be at the top of the leaderboard for this we're, we're, people are going to be really loud for this and then it's going to send us into a great place that, you know, that we could be, start being the favourites to win. And I got very caught up in, in all of that kind of, um, in that way of thinking about, about this end result of all what was going to happen. Now on the night, the dance went really well. Like Stacey danced really well. I was really pleased with it. So everything was great. And then we stepped up next to the judges and Tess went, oh, that was amazing. The crowd had gone really loud and everything was playing out, this movie in my head that I'd already seen. And then the judges went, we loved it, but there was this and there was that. And I think Craig said, oh, it was a bit messy coming out of the lifts and blah, 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 blah. And rather than the tens that I was sort of hoping for and, and was thinking was, was, was going to be our destiny at Blackpool, we got a seven from Craig and, and, and some eights and, and it might have been a nine but I think it was a seven and eights um, and I was really devastated and I shouldn't have been because it went the, the work itself went great but I was devastated and then that final leaderboard we were, we were more sort of in the bottom half of it rather than being at the top that, that I, I thought we were going to be and I, was, I remember being so devastated that night and I got really emotional about it and I remember Stacey asking me like what's wrong? Um, this you know that th that went so well. Like, I I I don't know why we're I don't know why you're upset. And I said no, it did. I just thought we were going to get this. And that's the thing. And and that's that's where you get it wrong for me. And that's where I got it wrong last year in Blackpool, is that it went really well, but I already had an idea of the end result of what was supposed to happen in my head. Like in my head, it was going to get tens and it didn't. And therefore I went into a, I, I went into a zone of, of being really upset and disappointed 
uh, by what had happened because, because almost like the puppet, it hadn't walked in the way that I'd seen in my head. And I should have been just adapting to the situation and going, we need to be really pleased with this. We did a great dance and we're through to the next week. And, and you know, and sevens and eights is, is, is still good. Sevens, eights and nines is, is still good. And we're still here. But, but I got caught up in, in the end result. And I think if you, if you let go of the end result, then ultimately you're a lot happier. And it's not about, I want to stress, it's not about not, not wanting to do well but it's letting go of the, the need for it or, or the idea that this is what should happen or this is what's supposed to happen. Just focus on creating the best work that, that you can. So uh, this is for any performer. Like if, if you're in a theatre and you're, you're playing a scene in, in a play or a musical, I used, I used to worry when I was doing Rock of Ages, the musical, I used to worry about, oh, on this bit, when I make my big entrance, oh, people have got to clap. Like, I really hope that I'm going to come through the door here and then people are going to clap me. And if they don't, I'm going to be really upset and I'm going to feel like it's gone bad, where I should have been just focusing on the scene itself. You should just focus on the work, not, not the, the score or the, you know, the, the review or the result of, of people clapping. So and I think this can work in... In any vein of life, really, so, so not just for performers, you know, in terms of whether they're going to get a clap or not, or whether they're going to get up the charts or not. It's just focus on you and you doing your best, not not on how many people you can impress. Or if if you're taking an exam, think think about how you can study and do your best work in that exam, and be the best that you can be in that exam. Not don't put pressure on it has to be an A. It has to be an A, not a B. Or maybe you're doing, um, you know, maybe you're doing a big talk at work or something and, and, and you want to get a promotion. Don't have this thing in your head of like the way it's supposed to go is I do this talk and then I get a promotion. Focus on the way it's, the way it's going to go is I'm going to do an amazing presentation. What happens from there is whatever happens from there. But I know that I'm going to take care of everything that I can do. It's almost like, you know, with, with your social, social media, if, if your thing is to, you want to put out content on social media on a certain thing uh, and be successful, like focus on the content itself, not the followers, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, because I think as, as humans, we, we put pressure on ourselves to, to be a certain way. We, we, we put a pressure on ourselves and like, we have an idea of how our life is supposed to go. You know, like, um, I, I will be this, this will be my identity. I'm going to have two kids, a house, a job, a car. I'm going to be married to a person like that. You know, this person must fall in love with me. And we put all this pressure on sort of what this idea in our head, in our head, um, like what's supposed to happen. And, and then we start putting all this language around it. Like it should be like this or it's supposed to be like that. And what we need to understand is that, that there is no should, that there is no supposed to be, that, that there's no real sort of like destiny that, that, that's mapped out or, already. There's only what is. And so I think what we need to do as humans is just is, is focus on what your life is in the present moment and adapt to that. So rather than put this pressure on, this was supposed to happen, or, or this is how it should be, 
I'm supposed to get this score from this test. I'm supposed, I was supposed to get this promotion or, or that was supposed to happen or I'm supposed to be like that. I want to walk into this bar and, and be this kind of a person. Don't put pressure on yourself that you have to be anything or should be or, or you're supposed to be. Just focus on the present moment and what, um, what the situation is and adapt to it and go with the flow and do your best as long as it's true to, to your values. And then the results will come as a result of that. But don't focus on, on the end result itself. Like uh, Sometimes I feel like we're all brought up on Disney movies. Now, I, I love Disney movies, but we're all brought up on these Disney movies that have these perfect, happy endings. But things in life aren't always going to be a happy ending. You know, think, things will happen. Things will change. Just like the puppet in that class that I took. Think, things will happen and change in, in ways that you don't ex- expect. I had it in my head that the puppet was going to walk like this, put his hand down to his pocket and, and look like that as he looked at his phone. But that's not how it happened because there was someone else in the team who made the puppet breathe like that. So then it would have looked strange if I had moved the leg like that. So I had to move it in a different way to what I thought was supposed to happen. You know, th- things, things are going to happen in, in your life that come about and things are going to change. And if you're constantly hooked on this idea of what of who you are supposed to be or what, what your identity is supposed to be or how your life is supposed to pan out. Of course, we all have ideas about what we would like to happen. But if we're hooked on an idea of what is supposed to happen and we use that language, this is supposed to happen, this is what it should be, then at some point we will be disappointed because because things happen in life that, that, that will change. That, that will come and surprise you. Um, as a performer, you might be performing a scene with, with someone and in your head, the scene is going to go exactly like this and I'm going to act it like that and then I'm going to sing it like that and I'm going to look at that, per- at that person and then I'm going to touch them on the shoulder and they're going to turn around like this and as they do that, I'm going to do this. That person might not turn around like that because they're an actor themselves playing their part. So you might go to touch them on the shoulder and they might, they might turn around before you even get there. So if you carry on with the scene that you had in your head and, and, and you're so hooked on this idea of what it's supposed to be, again, that language, then you're in trouble. You've got two options. You can either get mad about it or you can adapt to the situation. And those, that's what makes the better actor is that they'll adapt to that other person immediately and just react to them. That's why people say it, you know, acting is, is reacting. And, but that's what makes, what makes better people as well. You know, um, you might be doing a talk and at work and a projection slide might not come up in, in, in your presentation. It might not work. And you've got, to, you've got to adapt to it. You've got to make a joke or, you know, do whatever or take your talk in a different direction. The offer on the house that, that you want might fall through. And it was, you might be saying, but I'm supposed to be in that house. But you have to let go of the supposed to be. If, it, if it's not to be anymore, you have to adapt and change and find a better solution, find a different house. Your boyfriend might want to break up and you might have had it in your head that, but we were supposed to be together forever. But it's not always like that. You know, think things in life change. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes you, you've just got to adapt to the situation. And whilst all these things aren't ideal... All we can do is adapt and do our best in the circumstances. 
And just like when I was trying to move that puppet around <laughs> with the team, let go of the end result in, in my head and adapt to what the rest of the team are doing so we can, so we can get the best result. So I guess the, the sort of the end result that we've got to is to let go of the end result in your head. Don't chase the 10 on Strictly. Chase an amazing performance. Don't chase some, some ideal in your head. Of, don't, don't use language like it's supposed to be or should be like that if it isn't like that. Adapt to the puppet. Adapt to the person acting with you. Adapt to the people playing in the band who you're singing with. Or adapt to your work. Adapt to whatever changes are, are being thrown at you in your life. And uh, focus on, just focus on doing your best in the circumstances. Focus on doing your best work to your best values. And you might want an end result, but let go of the need for it. Just focus on the work itself. Don't chase the Oscar. Chase a great movie. And that comes to the end of our podcast. I had in my head that that was going to be a certain length, that podcast, and it was a completely different length. But that's all right. I think I've said everything that I need to say. Send me some messages on social media. Let me know what you think about the idea of letting go of the end result in performing, in, in your creativity, but also in, in life in general. And keep listening to future episodes. I've got some, some awesome, wicked guests coming up soon. And let me know if there's anyone else in particular you'd like me to interview. All right, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Bye.